0: Hey, everybody, welcome to another episode of Cash That. This episode of Cash That is presented by Props.Cash. Props.Cash is the preeminent player prop tool. You need it for betting player props. I, I look at it every day. You guys all know those red and green charts. All you want to know is that hit rate. All you want to know is some of those advanced metrics and how they've done over their last 10, last five against that prior opponent. Because how else do you know that Rudy Gobert just absolutely ripped an entire 20 rebound ladder against the Charlotte Hornets the last time they played. You go to Props.Cash. So we're sponsored by Props.Cash. You can sign up for your first month for 25% off with code Delera 25 and get 25% off that first month. I, I don't know how you bet the NBA without using this tool. So sign up on Props.Cash. It's a great tool. And uh, with that, we've got a very special guest today as we are going to preview some NBA awards, some NBA futures, and some looks at the season we have the lead fantasy basketball analyst
1: at yahoo sports that's dan titus dan how you doing today man yo this has been long overdue my man and uh, i apologize my voice is a little hoarse i was getting active in austin texas this past weekend and i gotta say man i'm getting into that that washed area of like i don't know that i can do this anymore but uh always great to talk ball man and uh season's like literally a week away And um, man, just so much to talk about, so many narratives and people changing teams, all this energy around the NBA, man, it's the best time of the year. Football, my fantasy football team is like, my fantasy basketball teams are starting to gear up. It's draft season. I understand you just had a draft. So dude, this is like the best time to talk about basketball, NBA, everything in between.
0: Yeah, man, I think it's this is like one of my favorite times of the year because, you know, you have all the major sports, you know, you've got hockey on, you've got playoff baseball, which is just electric. Uh, I see you got the Phillies hat on, so they're just hitting homers like it's nothing. Dude, it's uh, crazy. <laughs> no idea what's hot. happening. It's it's unbelievable. I mean, the baseball playoffs have been quite the storyline. With you know everybody getting all the teams with the buy all kind of got eliminated right off the yeah. bat. So, but that's the thing with baseball. It's like everybody knows that like the regular season obviously matters, but playoff baseball is just a totally different animal. So definitely been fun to watch. Um, I wish my Yankees were in it, but like at the same time, like it just it is what it is. <laughs> like, you know,
1: um, <laughs> you have a lot. You have a lot of championships under your belt. So you know what I'm saying. And I think the last time y'all won. Did you not beat the Phillies?
0: I think we did. Yeah, I think 2009 like ish. Yeah, it's been a minute. So. It's been a,
1: it's been a minute. I mean, last time we won was 2008. So I'm hoping that we can bring it home, uh, bring home that trophy. It's been long overdue. But man, it's this is the only time I really watch baseball, to be honest. Yeah. Like I play fantasy baseball, but I just can't I can't get into it, man. The games are too long. I know they try to speed it up now, but like it's just boring. Like that's why when basketball was going, like we had the FIBA World oh, Cup, yeah. I mean, preseason, like I've just been watching hoops, I feel like all summer. So I haven't even really been paying attention to baseball.
0: Yeah, it's then it, that's like just kind of the time of the year that we're at now. Like I like I love basketball. So like that's kind of where we're at. And that's what we're going to talk about today, because like whatever like all these other sports got the wrong size ball like we're we're up we're up but uh but Dan like I don't you I don't know some of you guys probably have read some of the pieces me and Dan used to write a fantasy basketball and like player props piece um a couple years ago together so this is cool to kind of get to pod together a bit now and talk some shop but I think one of the things that I wanted to touch base with you about early is from an awards perspective uh i know that there's some really popular awards obviously mvp and those are all the guys that you're seeing kind of at the top of your fantasy basketball drafts you're i know like you know you've got your philly fandom to a degree uh what do you think about the mvp race this year do you think joel embiid has any chance of uh of going back to back for mvp or like not really maybe it's time to turn the page look look for somebody new this season
1: yeah i feel like you know the the thing about Joel Embiid is I don't really know how the Nick nurse coaching change is going to affect his ability to play heavy minutes or whether he'll be asked to do that. Um, The doc rivers offense was very heliocentric around James Harden and just feeding the post all the time. And everything that I've read about the Sixers right now is that they're going to be playing more um, unselfish basketball. And if that happens, I think we'll see a little bit less usage going to Joel Embiid. So like, I don't know that I would bank on that. He's going to have a, a back-to-back MVP campaign. And, you know, I think there's also going to be some regression in the Sixers in general. Like they have this dark cloud looming over them with this James Harden yeah. situation that, I mean, honestly, I feel like they would be better if they just traded off James and started the season fresh with like Tyrese Maxi as your starting point guard and De'Anthony Melton and, and so forth. So I think it's kind of going to hold them back. And, you know, MVP is usually tied to your team's success on top of individual accolades. And while I think he'll have the individual accolades, I could, I could probably name a several players that I think are going to have higher scoring and possibly a better record this season. Um, the number one guy I love is Jason Tatum, Word. and and I think it's because. And I think you just drafted him. I did. I drafted five him five f- overall.
0: Yeah. I drafted it hurt me because, like, you got everybody knows I'm a big Tyrese Halliburton fan, but yeah. in points leagues, I've got Halliburton a little bit lower. It's just, it's not the same value because, you know, you don't have those percentages. So I took Tatum five overall.
1: And I love that because uh, we were chatting about it a little bit beforehand. And while Tyrese Halliburton's a great choice because he's a, one of the, a handful of players that can average 20 points and 11 assists over 10 assists, only three people did it last year. Um, Jason Tatum, I think, is going to be averaging 30 points per game. He could get up to eight rebounds, upwards of five assists. Yeah. And I think now that um, Marcus Smart is gone and, you know, they lost some pieces here. And, yeah, Drew Holiday came over, but I don't think the landscape for Jason Tatum is going to change much. You know, no. Drew Holiday is still going to be a facilitator here. And, cool, you got Chris Porzingis, but Jason Tatum is still a 30% usage guy. and He's still got a score. Yeah, if you look at his statistics, he's gone up in every statistical category every single year. He's still super young. We have yet to see his ceiling yet, which is absolutely scary. And while Jason Jalen Brown is definitely a worthy associate and and counterpart, he's not Jason Tatum. And the one thing I love about Tatum is that he always plays at least 70 games. Yeah, the guys a thoroughbred. The Boston Celtics, I think, are going to be one of the best, if not the best team in the Eastern Conference that I think got weaker outside of, you know, Damian Lillard coming over to the Milwaukee Bucks, but no one else got better um, in terms of the top tier teams in the Eastern conference. And while I expect teams like Indiana and Orlando to make some noise, they're not going to go over top of the Boston Celtics. So I think the value is on Jason Tatum right now.
0: Yeah. I think that that's a good point with that. You're kind of bringing up too, because it's like the whole best player, best team narrative. And to be honest, like I feel like after the past couple of seasons where you know, we've had Jokic, Jokic and Bede. It's like, are the writers and like, are the voters going to be like, all right, like we're over that narrative. Like, let's move on to somebody else. And then also like, how much is Denver going to totally care this season? You know, like, is that what they're going to go for? And like, if Jokic sees any type of statistical decrease, it's like, well, like he still might be the best player in the league. Like he still might be like the guy that should win MVP. But if you see a little bit of a drop, you're like, well, he's not better than he was. So, and then like Tatum's best player, best team. So I, I like the angle. I think that he's one of those guys, like he just is always there. Like he's always going to perform. He's always putting up numbers and they got a lot of primetime games. So I think all those Mm -hmm. things matter with that type of narrative award. Um, I know you mentioned the Bucs and Damian Lillard, obviously, like massive, massive acquisition from, you know, like from a betting perspective and honestly, from a fantasy perspective too. how do you think that that trade really impacts what Milwaukee can do? Because I think it it obviously made them a little bit thinner, but at the same time, like that offense is they're going to they're going to have like the best offense in the league. Like it's
1: it's unbelievable what they're going to be able to do, especially in like pick and roll and everything. I mean, Giannis already admitted that this is the most dynamic pick and roll player he's ever played with, but then also how open he's getting just by the gravity of defensive having defenses, having to pay attention to Damian Lillard. Yeah, Um, There wasn't anyone on that team last year that could pull up from 30, even 40 feet. Um, So I just think that it just gives a whole nother dynamic to their offense that they previously didn't have. And Drew Holiday was a great two way player and, Chris Middleton in his own right was a great third wheel, but I have concerns about Middleton going into the beginning of the season. So if I'm looking at it from a Milwaukee standpoint, I actually feel like it was a move that they had to make knowing that Chris Middleton isn't all the way there and may not yeah. be, um, by like mid season form. Uh, he was, he only played like 24, 25 minutes a game last year. And then he hurts his meniscus in the off So, um, I think Damon Lillard is going to have 30% usage. He could drop 30 a game, seven assists. Like, he was being downgraded to a second-round pick in fantasy basketball. I'm like, why? Yeah. Like, it's it's literally going to be him and Giannis and then everybody else. So um, I'm excited for what Milwaukee can bring, and I don't know that this necessarily keeps Giannis for real in Milwaukee, but I think this is their best shot. If they're going to take a home run – They, they, they knocked it out the park by trying to get someone there. That's an all NBA talent that always had a will to win um, puts his heart on the line and his game on the line. Every game gives us all to the city. I think that was a perfect pairing of egos and uh, star power. Um, So I think it's going to work. I just don't know, like to your point, did they hurt their depth too much? And I I think from a coaching perspective, Adrian Griffin has already been kind of touted as like a defensive minded guy. Um, So I think that they'll figure it out defensively and, you know, they'll be able to compensate for, you know, whatever Damian Lillard's um, deficiencies are. But I think the underrated part of their acquisition was they got Terry Stotts to run their offense. Yeah. I've already seen some, some, you know, the huddle, like every time they're calling a timeout, there's communication between teammates. There's uh, Damian Lillard's telling Pat Connaughton where to go here. So like I feel like they're already getting that chemistry before the season actually gets underway. So I wouldn't be surprised if you know the Bucks start out very very hot, and it doesn't take them long to really get that you know mid season form type of feeling from them.
0: Yeah, I thought it was interesting with Stotts uh, going there because he actually went there before the Dame uh acquisition and it was kind of one of those things i was like man like i wish i knew that because they had like those markets like it's one of those things like it just kind of like went under the radar and like milwaukee was not really talked about as a dame spot like i know that i'd heard that from certain people but like nothing that was like enough to you know like be actionable but it's like if you if you looked at like the breadcrumbs and like you saw it's like oh like
1: Stotts is there like all right it was like like, like brunson it's like rick brunson going to the next like hmm Jalen Brunson definitely looks like the Knicks are really looking up here. Yeah, um, same same kind of thing. Like I should have read those tea leaves for 100 percent. That was a nice opportunity. Like I,
0: I wish I wish I did because I don't even know the number for Dame to go to Milwaukee had to be outrageous. Like, I don't even it,
1: remember seeing it as an even an option on the book. Like no. it was like Miami, uh L- LA probably just because. Yeah, yeah <laughs> just because. Oh, yeah, exactly. But yeah, they, so, they were a super dark horse. So like I. Yeah, I, I wish I had known that. But I also, I think that speaks volumes to the relationship that Terry and and Dame has that that he would want to still continue that relationship. And yeah. obviously Dame was a baller, like all star understot. So yeah, I think it, I think that they made all the right moves behind the scenes to kind of make this thing happen.
0: No, I think it was definitely really cool. Um, And, you know, we're talking about all these guys that are like going to new teams, like being in new environments. One of the ones that I think is so weird is we're looking at, let's look at Golden State, right? So we got Klay Thompson in a contract year. It looks like he's not going to get this extension. Um, You've got Chris Paul that's there now. Um, You have Draymond. He's, it looks like he's going to miss at least like the first couple weeks, if not like month of the season, right? And then you're trying to see like how Golden State kind of rebound because is this going to be a last dance type of thing for them? What do you think about Golden State? Like, how do you think Chris Paul kind of is going to impact their play? Um, and like, what, 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 how do you project this rotation? Because obviously we know what Curry can do,
1: um, but I think the rest of it's a little bit in flux. Um, So I think it's, it's interesting because right now, you know, the Pacific division from an odds perspective, it's got obviously the Suns as the odds on favorite, then the Lakers and then the Warriors at almost four to one. Um, I actually feel pretty comfortable with that. Like, I know that there's a lot of, there's a lot of talk of how great the Lakers offseason was. And it was on paper. Like they did a great job acquiring, you know, Christian Wood and re-signing yeah. Rory Hachimura, you know, Austin Reese,
0: D'Angelo Russell wants to play defense
1: like Derek White. <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah. Is he trolling? Cause like, where did that come from? But I, mean, I don't know. <laughs> I feel him, but like, what it would be awesome? <laughs> right? You know what I'm saying? And for how much he got cooked in the, in the post last year, uh, maybe he's just trying to make re, re I don't know, just make this new identity or maybe he's just trying to protect himself from being traded. Something. I don't know. <laughs> um, But you know, like I feel like there's still going to be some injury concerns there. And like the Warriors are interesting because they rested and load managed more than anyone last season. Yeah. Right. And I wouldn't be surprised if they continue to do that. So I think going to get a point guard, like Chris Paul, was a way to hedge against, okay, Steph's getting older, Clay's getting older. Can we bring in somebody that can, older. like, <laughs> that's, that's older than, but, but I would say is the, is an adult in the room. Mm-hmm. And I, and I say that because, like, Jordan Poole, as good and dynamic as he was, he obviously got a yeah. ring there. He was a bucket, he was erratic, he had turnover problems. You're a a proponent of the, the, the Jordan Poole over three and a half turnovers <laughs> prop for, that's a, one of so my favorites. Up. Dude, it was cashing. Um, but I think if you're looking at the team chemistry and you're you're looking at this, this championship window, I, I think getting a veteran guy like that that understands what needs to be done to get to that point, like, I think you just got to get to the playoffs healthy. Yeah. So I think that they're going to load manage him a little bit enough that he won't, you know, having to be playing 33 minutes like he did last year for a depleted Phoenix Suns team that only really had campaign behind him. Yeah. Um, but I think we'll see Steve Kerr kind of tinker with the lineups play a little bit if they're if they want to go big they'll play looney at center put chris paul off the bench but they want to go small move draymond to the center move wiggins to the four and so forth so i think it's actually going to be an interesting mix one thing that we were talking about before we got hopped on is that like what is chris paul going to do to their tempo and their pace and you know phoenix was very slow paced team just because chris paul always loves to get into the half court set barely pushes that transition um whereas the gold state warriors were like you know, number one in pace. So yeah. how's that really going to affect the success of this team? And I think it will take some gelling, but everything that I've seen, you know, behind the scenes, like I, I think that this team is in a better position to succeed than they were last year because they don't have kind of similar. To what I was talking about this cloud just hovering yeah. over them. That mess with Jordan Poole and Draymond Green, it's just do- doom their season from the beginning. So now that I felt like they've had enough time to kind of be like, all right, Chris Paul, we really don't rock with you but honestly, you're a winner and you're a very intelligent basketball player. I know you want to ring more than anybody in this league. Let's figure this out. I think they're going to figure it out. And I think they're going to figure it out faster than most people realize. Um, the questions I have is like, is Jonathan Kaminga going to be able to take that leap and play mm-hmm. those, play those minutes in the second lineup and really be, you know, a score for that second unit. Mo- will Moses Moody do the same thing? Um, and can Draymond Green and, and Clay Thompson stay healthy? Yeah so. do you,
0: do you think Kaminga is like somebody because I just drafted him in fantasy so I'm looking for confirmation bias here but <laughs> or, do you think that he's somebody like that's worth like a late round flyer right now with Draymond probably going to miss the first couple weeks of the season um you know kind of get some of those stats maybe like a little bit of an opportunity there like in your last or next to last round
1: uh, I think he's worth a flyer temporarily yeah. I took a flyer on Kavon Looney um initially just because I. If you need a cheap source of rebounds that a guy that doesn't turn over the ball at all, like Looney is your guy. And he gets like sneaky for assists. Real? Yeah. Um, he's a huge above the break, you know, uh, dribble handoff assist guy. Like he gets so many easy assists for doing literally nothing. <laughs> um, but I do like Kaminga for the offensive growth that he's shown in the off season and preseasons dudes dropping yeah. like twenty six a game. And I don't know if that's real, real. Um but he always had the athleticism and the talent to to put it all together. I think he's a good temporary flyer, but I wouldn't be surprised if he's on waivers in like two weeks.
0: Yeah, that, that's kind of my thoughts on him too. Um, but I want to go back to the thing that you mentioned like a minute ago, and it was about the tempo with Chris Paul and like the Warriors. One, that's one of my, honestly, one of my concerns when I'm betting on teams, and like when I'm looking at player props, when I'm looking at guys for fantasy purposes, I always think that pace is like, cases like that stat that applies to both teams right that's like that mm-hmm. are playing in a matchup um and it's one of those it's like it's it's readily available like you can get it on nba.com like it's it's you can get it on dunks and threes it's it's everywhere mm-hmm. um but it's one of those like it's not like on your apps it's not like it's not something that you're seeing right away like all the time how important do you think pace is? And like, how do you try to factor that into your analysis for either for like picking up guys in fantasy, what you think their projections are going to be for the course of the season, or like how you've embedded on a night to night basis, like with player props or anything like that.
1: Yeah. So me and you used to go back and forth, man, like living in NBA.com advanced stats land. <laughs> yeah. And, and um, pace was always important to me because I want to maximize the amount of possessions that I'm getting. Right. So if you have a team that, pushes the tempo, gets more shots off. That leads to more rebounds, more makes, more assists, more 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 production. So I think one of the fallacies in fantasy basketball is that, like, oh, bad teams are going to tank, so you can't get those players. Well, I'd argue, you know, two of the worst teams last year were the Indiana Pacers yeah. and the San Antonio Spurs. The Spurs were number two in pace last year. And you add Victor Webb and Yama to that equation – I'm super excited about the San Antonio Spurs from a fantasy and betting perspective, because um one person that I'm curious to see what the lines open up for, like Zach Collins, assist props. Um, Devin Vassell is another guy that I'm very high on. He's one of my breakouts this year that yeah. he's going to take a huge leap. Especially in with that contract. Department. Yeah. I mean, that's the investment, right? You want to follow the money in certain situations. So obviously he's considered a cornerstone piece um to the San Antonio squad. So, um, Pace is a huge factor in in how I'm evaluating talent. And, you know, I value right now, I'm evaluating these Pacers. I just came out with an article today talking about Benedict Mather and how he's a sleeper. Now that he's a starter, man, this guy was dropping 16 and a half points off the bench last year. Got to the line five times a game. You mean to tell me he's going to get 30 minutes like this? We're looking at a 20 point score right here. Yeah. And his his profile to me looks very similar to Jalen Brown in his fourth season, like super athletic um once he gets 30 minutes he's a bucket and he just doesn't do that much in rebounding like you know that five six territory yeah. um but you know with Ty- Tyrese Tyrese haliburton pushing the pace like i love the point guards and in fantasy basketball and and prop betting like i just go for the people that have the usage high pace and have the ball in their hands more than anyone else and yeah and so i think that you're you know those guys and Memphis, for example, Marcus Smart's probably going to be undervalued for quite some time with um, with John Morampi now for 25 games, but the bigger value in there is probably Desmond Bain. His, assist, his assists are going to be up. His rebounds are going to be up. He's going to have a phenomenal year. The Oklahoma City Thunder, a team that nobody was thinking about, now you have an MVP candidate in SGA, and then you have Jalen Williams. Like they're, these, these high-paced teams are going to be so great for fantasy, but even better for betting. Um, the one person I can't wait to bet and also um, having my fancy lines is Chet Holmgren. Like, what do you think are- about
0: Chet? Like, what what do you think his impact's going to be? Because I think like the big thing for for me is like, can he play the five? Because if he can play the five, then it's a totally different scenario for Oklahoma City, and I think that that opens up what they can do and like with all their draft picks that they can trade or f- try to figure out what exactly to do. But what are you expecting from Chet? Like, what do you have him at like? points and rebounds and like blocks basically like what are you thinking like he's gonna do for you
1: uh I think he's gonna get to 16 and a half points eight and a half eight rebounds eight and a half rebounds and two blocks
0: that's legit and I think that that,
1: and I think that that's gonna be enough for him to get rookie of the year he's my bet for rookie of the year um over Victor because I don't think Victor's gonna get to 65 games
0: okay they're
1: gonna Um, handle him they're gonna handle him with kid gloves um He'll have the points. He'll definitely have the points, and you know he'll have obviously the media attention, the allure. Um, but I think Chet is going to play more games, and I think he's going to be on a better team, a winning team that's going to make an ascension a, an ascension that's going to be strong enough to put him in that competition to be you know neck and neck with with Victor, Victor most of the way. Yeah. And to your point about him pay, playing the five, I'd pose a question: Who? on their roster right now is positioned to play five or at least I would say who can he, who's going to compliment him in the front court. Jalen Williams. Yeah. Like, like, like they don't have, don't have anybody.
0: Yeah. Like, like they need him to play the five. It's just a right? matter of like, can he withstand can he? it? Can he? Yeah. yeah. Right. Right. So I, I like, personally, I like, I've been a betting scoot for, for a rookie of the year. Um, I like, just love the spot. Like I know, Portland, like they have a lot of guards, but like Scoot's got that fucking dog, man. Like, he's, he, like does. He, he, he does, he wants it, you know. And like I, I, my concern with both Victor and um and Chet was honestly like it takes, it's going to like Victor likes to bring the ball up sometimes, right? But like he still generally are gonna need somebody to give them the ball. Scoot for me like doesn't like he's going to get the ball like he's going to have the ball he's gonna have to share with Simons a little bit but like he's gonna have the ball that was why I was on Scoot I think the I felt like the number was a little long I don't I just like I don't I think that your inclination is right though like you can't bet on Victor um like the number he's basically like b- b- he's less than even money like I like I get that he's incredible but like you said there's just too many I think there's too many variables like I know that Rookie of the Year doesn't have the games requirement, which I thought was interesting. How many games does Victor have to play for you to say, like, he would have played enough to win Rookie of the Year?
1: Probably 55.
0: Yeah. 50, Cause I think 55. Cause like Zion missed year. it with what, like 50, like a yeah. little less than that. And he was mm-hmm. dynamite, but like, granted, so was Ja. But like, you know, so but I think that's what you're going to have this year. So it's like, where do you think like and I think that that's one of the questions with Victor, even in fantasy. It's like, Mm -hmm. how do you draft him high? Like, he's going to be awesome. But like, what's he going to do? Like on a per game basis, he's going to be great. But like, if they're going to handle him with kid gloves, especially down the stretch, maybe or like on back to backs, like who knows? I think it makes the analysis a little bit more difficult for him.
1: Yeah. And going back to your scoop point. So. Chet and Scoot are about the same odds on on most books. Um, And I would feel comfortable uh, throwing one out there, throwing a bet out there for Scoot. My problem with Scoot is that I think people are undervaluing the impact that Anthony Simons is going to have. Yeah. Um, You know, this is a 22-point score with, you know, six assists with with Damian Lillard off the court. Um, He's going to take another leap, and I don't know that Scoot's going to necessarily be the number one option. I think he's actually going to be – more of a facilitator, which will be good for his numbers. Like he should be able to get to six assists a game, but how many points? And he probably and, needs
0: like eighteen to twenty. Yeah, honestly, yeah,
1: I think he's going to need an eighteen and six to beat out Wemby and Chet. Yeah. Um. But the one thing that I feel like we're going to see Scoot struggle a little bit with is his efficiency. Mm-hmm. And from a fantasy perspective, I was thinking comparing him more to like a Jaden Ivy than like
0: okay.
1: a Derek Rose initial impact but granted different situations yeah um and then also i think scoot has a really good big man in deandre ayton to kind of feed off of to to kind of also take off some of that 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 pressure um but that is i don't know like the the portland Trailblazers actually have a decent roster that i don't know it's not as good as the oklahoma city thunder no. by any means no but-, but but there is some but i think he's going to be deferring more than people think like i don't think he's going to walk into 20 and ninth all right. So what
0: do you all right. What's the deal with Aiden? Like, do you like Aiden? Like, what do you think about Aiden? Because I know like because Phoenix basically like the, the dudes in Phoenix were basically like, yo, like he's got to go. Like, like You he's can done. have him. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Like for real. Like They were like, all right, we're done. Like, you can have him.
1: Dude, he's a 20 and 10 guy that will shoot 60 percent from the field and get you a block a game. Like, I'm not mad at him at all. No. Um, and i think that the the problem with Aiden is that he thinks he's nicer than he is like you are well yeah he might be a second option at best even though he thinks he's the number one option i think his numbers are going to be fine in 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 phoenix and he hasn't really been like an injury issue outside of the no. the temperament in the in the locker room like i think he needs a reset chauncey billups is a dog like a, in relative, relatively to you know understanding players and being a player himself and um i don't know, i think he resonates with the younger guys so I think DeAndre Ayton's going to actually be pretty good in in Portland and I moved him up in my rankings once he got changed or once he switched teams. So, I don't know, I feel like he's going to be in a good spot to to kind of rebound from that, you know, negative connotation that he kind of carried coming out of Phoenix.
0: Got it. Got it. Um, I want to touch on one other award, but I do want to ask you one question about Victor, because I was thinking about this and it's like there's no real like comp for a guy like him, right? Like there's no like real player that's like similar to him. The one thing that like I was listening to, uh, I was listening to Windhorse and he was like, well, like he's more skilled than like Durant was probably like when Durant came into the league. But he's got that like build like that, like lanky, long build that wants to like have the ball in his hands. I was looking, this is going to sound fucked, but like I was honestly thinking about betting Victor like early in the season. I want to bet his turnovers. Because I think that he's going to be like one of those things where he's just going to get stripped because he's not used to like some of the speed or like some of the things that the guys are doing in the NBA. And he's like trying to dribble the basketball. I don't know if that's like a decent thought or like if that like makes a ton of sense. But just from my perspective, just thinking about what he might try to do and just like trying to do a little bit too much. I could see some turnovers
1: happening kind of early in the season. I love that angle and like having watched him and both Chet at summer league, they were very bothered by people sending double teams frequently when they got the ball in the high post and they didn't really, I know Chet specifically didn't really know what to do with it. Um, Victor's handle is better than Chet's. So I expect that that would be a continued systematic flaw that, that, you know, both of those teams are going to have to work through is like, how can we get the ball out of their hands quickly or make a decision that you're not getting trapped, bring the ball down. And then you're getting get people stripping you um, when you bring the ball down. Um, But then also the physicality of it, right? Like you were talking about Chet playing the five, like you're not just going to be able to just back down, turn your back to the basket and and get there. Right. Like even Giannis struggles with that. And he's like superhuman powers here. So um, I would expect both of them to actually have a pretty high turnover rate, like two and a half a game, I think is pretty conservative, but earlier on, Especially like, I think that's a perfect angle to fade Victor because they're gonna, he's gonna draw so much attention. The only thing you can do quite literally is double team because he's yeah, so like tall. you almost like, like have to because yeah. like I was looking at Durant
0: stuff and like Durant as a rookie like averaged 2.9 turnovers per game but then like he's like been over three and like so many but like he started the season like we had multiple games of six like four or mm-hmm. five like and that's kind of where my brain was going I was like I feel like this is going to be one of those lines where they're going to set it at, like one and a half or like two and a half and it's just going to be it's going to be our jordan pool turnovers this year like that's <laughs> that's just the way i'm looking at it so Dude, it, I, just... I
1: actually i love that angle so much because especially earlier on man like he's still going to get adjusted to it the you're traveling you're in different arenas you have different uh roster constructions and people you're going to be going up against like that's a lot to ingest as like a young yeah. kid. Right. So, yeah. and they're going to um, be
0: putting everybody, they're going to be like way overloaded and way, paying way too much attention. Like his points, his rebounds, his blocks. And it's like, there's going to be hanging this bogus line on turnovers. like, who bets right. this?
1: Right. Like, cause <laughs> like, I mean, cause like if you're in systematically, I'm like, all right, well I can double Wemby or I can play straight up man to man. No, I'd rather take my guy who's who's guarding Keldon Johnson. Yeah. Yeah. Go, like go whatever, send, like <laughs> go send him to Victor. Right. Like, yeah. Um, so, yeah, man, I, I love that angle. And I love it for Chet and spec- yeah. Chet, Chet and for and for Wemby specifically.
0: I like that for both of them, actually, then. Like, that's a good catch on Chet as well. Um, but I want to go back to Aiton and this award in particular. So you like him. You improved him. Do you have him as a most improved candidate? Or,
1: like, where? Do, what no. do you think? Like, okay, so that's good. I'm no. glad that you said no. He, so I think quickly. we've seen pretty much what the ceiling of Aiton is. Like, he's not going to yeah. surprise and get, like, 25 and 13 here no. like there's not going to be this sizable gap like he's a low-end 2010 guy
0: yeah um, i like bane i like desmond bane he's like I 40 love to 1 he's like 40 yeah. to 1 out there um that's a
1: great flyer especially if they come out hot and they can hold it down without jaw he's yeah. going to be getting a lot of that credit because you know jaron jackson jr as great as he is you know he's the, he's the defensive side of the ball kind of exactly. guy and he's going to be like bane's going to be the alpha dude so i love that yeah
0: yeah. Like I like him in that spot, but like, is there anybody that you think, even if it's not for maybe that award, but like, even like, you know, that ties in is like a guy that can really improve in like a new experience or like a new team um, or like even a new setting, new coach. Who are you looking at? I know you mentioned Maxi earlier. Uh, where's your
1: mind kind of going with like a most improved type of player?
0: My mind definitely
1: went to, it went to two guards, Maxi and Jordan Poole. Hell yeah. And Maxi because as soon as like, I would bet Maxie now, because as soon as Jordan, as soon as James Harden is traded, oh, yeah. like his number, that that number is going to skyrocket because um I think we could see him go from that 20, 21 point score to like 24 and like five, five, six assists. He's
0: definitely make an all-star team for sure. And he's going to
1: make an all-star team. And one of the things I always loved about the great work that Brandon does is that he has like these profiles for most improved and, you know, taking that leap from being coming to be like a low end twenty point score to a mid 20, mid twenty score. Big. Um, he's in that age range where it's like you know anywhere between twenty two and twenty five years old. Um, same with Jordan Poole. I think there's actually there's better value on Pool, but the Wizards are going to be so bad that I'm like I give yeah. it, it kind of evens itself out a little bit. But if Jordan Pool winds up being a top top five top ten in scoring, dude it's going to be hard to not give him most improved player. I know. Just like just, the thing with pool is interesting too, because it's like, we
0: know what he can do, right? Like when he was getting those plays, so this is, and this is my one concern about him going to Washington mm-hmm. is when they were trying to get him cooking like Kerr. Even when Curry was on the floor, they decided to run a couple times like because they were like, we need somebody else to score. And they were running the plays like the actions that they were normally running for Curry for pool to get pool started. Golden State like has that infrastructure to do that. And like literally like make like so many players just good out of like thin it's air. A great, right. It's
1: a great point. It's a great point. With-
0: Washington. I see where where you're going. Like, the fuck's going to set him up? Kuzma? Like, 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 that's what I'm saying. Like, do you think that Uh. he has it, like, in him on his own to create that way? Or like, is that maybe the, what the concern is with pool? And you're like, look like, like, cause Kuzma, I think is good. Like, I think Kuzma is like a good NBA player. Um, But like, he's not like, it's not like playing with Draymond, Steph and clay. It's like a very different scenario. Do you think that Washington could actually maybe like hold him down, even though he's going to have like a bit of an expanded role there?
1: Um, So I think getting Tyus Jones in the mix is certainly mm-hmm. going to help. He's one of the best. He's like, you know, top three in NBA history in assist to turnover ratio. Yeah. Very intelligent guard. Always takes care of the ball. I think having a, a floor general like that alongside of him will definitely nice. help keep kind of keep him in check a little bit. He's yeah. still going to be super erratic and be himself. Like yeah. he's going to be doing these like, you know, crossover behind the back, step back from 40 type things. But I think that they actually paired him with some pretty intelligent basketball players outside of. I'm not putting Kyle Kuzma in that category, but he's at least a like he's a solid basketball player. And he's yeah. actually like pretty sneaky at assists too. But yeah. I'm talking about like Denny Avida, a guy that doesn't need a lot of usage, but yep. he makes high quality plays when given minutes. DeLon Wright is another guy that I think will still crack the rotation. That high IQ player, great on defense. Um, also a very savvy point guard, good distributor. Um, Balau Kulabali is oh. probably going to get in the rotation from what I've seen of him in yeah. the preseason. Good two-way player. I'm not say, I mean I'm not expecting the Wizards to ever go under no. over their win total. No, they're gonna
0: stink, but
1: but I think that there are pieces around, and yeah, they're young pieces, but I think that as long as Jordan Poole gets a 30% usage, which he is, as long as he's gonna attempt close to 18 to 20 shots a game, which he will. Oh, yeah. He's he, he's gonna get to the line a lot and I, I, I don't see him averaging less than 25. So just with like, that alone, he, yeah. like just off the volume alone, he's going to get it. So I'm not that concerned about pool getting his, like he he's going to, he's just got it. Yeah. It's just, he's going to get his, just he's just going to
0: get his. <laughs> no, that's fair. That's fair. I like that. I like that pushback on that one. Um. So the last question that I'm going to ask you before we get to pods and racks, obviously, but like the last question I'm going to ask you is what team or like what team or like what thing, are you most excited to watch this coming season? Like when you get like that first week of League Pass, what is the first thing that you're gonna be like? I need to watch that.
1: Hmm, the first thing it's kind of it's kind of gross, but like I'm excited to see the Orlando Magic more than anything. <laughs> you're um, <fucking> sick. <laughs> I know. I'm gross, man. Like, uh, so Marco Fultz is one of my breakout guys. He's going into a contract year. He had put together his best professional basketball season last year shot her 51 percent great on defense his middies coming back still looks a little funky but he's a yeah. great two-way player franz wagner has improved every single season that he's been awesome in the league player. and i think he's going to be on the verge of a breakout um a guy that played 82 over 80 games first two seasons um and then you have paulo banquero who was you know from a fantasy perspective wasn't very good and, you know he was outside top 250 but like this dude was on the USA, you know, FIBA team here playing heavy minutes at the five. Yeah. And I think that that international experience and as well as playing with those veterans, this dude's going to be very good going into his second year. Um, Wendell Carter's all right. Um, Jonathan Isaac gives me some intrigue because he's actually back. And when he's actually played, he's been like really good, but I'm really not good. banking on it. But I think that this Orlando Magic team is going to be better this year. And they're actually going to make a play. They're going to make the playoffs. Yeah, um, I,
0: I like that. Uh, to be honest with you, like I have them as like a play-in team, so mm-hmm. like they definitely have an opportunity. That's for sure.
1: Yeah, I think they're going to be a, a fun team to watch, just with the young talent that they have. They have a good coach in Jamal Mobley. Um, um, yeah, man, I just I, I don't know why I want to watch the Orlando Magic, but that's where I am. The other team is also the Indiana Pacers. Yeah, I'm a huge Hallie guy, and now that. You know, they got Lob City with your boy, Obi Toppin. He didn't get yeah, a good yeah. enough shot to play in, in New York. So I think he has a chance to start as a power forward. And um, now that Benedict matherman's going to be starting at the three, um, they're going to be a compelling team to watch too, man. I think they're going to be a lot of fun. Jerris Walker has looked mm-hmm. awesome in the preseason. Um, I'm all for the underdogs this year, man. And it's going to be cool watching, you know, the usual suspects, the Boston Celtics, the, the Milwaukee Bucks, the the Denver Nuggets. Um Christian Brown is a is a guy that I've actually been pretty excited to watch man um he's really turned it on in the playoffs and now that Bruce Brown's go- uh, gone I think he's going to step up has to jo- Julian Sh- uh, strother has been just a bucket um so I don't know man like it's going to be a really fun season regardless I I don't I don't really have too much of a bias for any team and like as even though I'm a Philly guy like I I'm actually more excited to watch the Sixers than I have been in a while cuz Doc Rivers is Glenn Rivers is yeah, gone Glen <laughs> Good old Glenn. Um, But yeah, man, I'm going to have league pass on every night. So yeah, I'm just excited to watch hoops, man. It don't don't even matter. We're almost there. I I guess I forgot to ask
0: you, uh, who do you think, who's winning the title? Uh,
1: I put a bet right after the the Nuggets won. I I bet the Nuggets back to back just because, (laughs) I mean, I just, if Jamal Murray and, and Jokic are going to continue to play that kind of a two man game, what what are you going to do? And then you have Michael Porter jr. Who actually decided to rebound and, and play a little defense and man, they're just so deep. I'm just like, I don't, yeah. I mean the Lakers, if they can stay healthy, they have a nice team on paper, but like Memphis is going through it. Um, the Clippers. I, I don't know. You're going to get James Harden. Does that make you that much better? I think you're more less the same that you were like yeah. you're your whole future is dependent upon whether Kawhi and, and Paul George can stay healthy, which they haven't proven to do. Yeah. Um, how many other contenders do you really have the warriors? I think, you know, if that health goes their way. They could figure it out. Phoenix suns. I think they're the odds on favorite, but like, should they be?
0: I don't Yeah. I don't like that. Honestly, for them, I don't, like, I don't either. I think they're just too they're too like top heavy, in my opinion. And like, I just don't really like what they got going on there. But I mean, we'll we'll just have to see. I'm with you on Denver. I think a lot of the time, the the moves that teams made were like to get better, obviously. But like nothing seemed to really be like directly to combat what Denver did. Um, The Lakers did a little bit like when they got like Christian Wood, they got a little they got Jackson Hayes, like they try to get a little bit more size. But like overall, nobody really did anything. And I'm like, Denver's still got the best player on the planet. Like they have Jokic, he's the best. So I, I'm super excited. I, I I think the number on Denver is tough, but like I, I always do that. Like, where if I bet a team to win the title, like, and I won money, I probably am
1: rolling a little bit back over on them to oh, have yeah. that ticket. Like, I'm like, 100%. I need it. Good, good energy to do it. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, Eric, yeah, yeah, let me pay this forward. I'm going to give it's you a- another chance. And you can always bet against them at the season. You know, yeah. progresses in another one, another favorite kind of pops up as the season goes on. But yeah, yeah I feel that, man. Like, I feel like Denver just looked, they just look like a powerhouse, man. And I, they didn't get any worse going into last season. And I think the biggest thing that's probably underrated about these championship runs is the continuity. And yep. they, they got it more than anybody.
0: 100% and like they're just they're legit like they just have they have that whole system going right now and it felt like that title last year was one that was like a long time coming so they've got the roster like on lock I I, I just I love watching them play ball but the last thing that we always do in every episode is normally I ask producer Corey how he's doing but producer Corey is moving like a million things he's like in a storage unit in Brooklyn right now like so it's <laughs> he's down bad right now but um, I always ask him how he's doing and then we do pods and recs and pods and recs is our segment where one of like we each recommend one thing to the listeners it can be like a thing that you're doing a food that you're eating like a show that you're watching like just a tool that you use like whatever it's a recommendation for the listeners a lot of times i give out a food item like i you know like i had just had some tacos the other day so like that was great um i just you know like i i think taco season's always always great but i've been melting the cheese on them like preemptively. It's like, I got like the, I got like the grill on the thing. And then you put put the cheese and you got to melt it, you know? Like, so I, I, my thing is though, I have, um, I can't have dairy, but I can have like all the vegan cheese, like the fake shit. So like, it's been like a wild whirlwind for me. It's like the wild wild West, like because I didn't, I don't know what you even put like what's appropriate to put cheese on. I didn't know. So now, like I'm trying to I'm like experimenting with more traditional means, like you know, with tacos. Um, so I, you know, I, I that's that's been my thing. So I've been melting cheese on tacos. So that's like not like the best recommendation for people, but I will recommend because uh, it is like bourbon season now. And like I'm a big bourbon guy. Uh, my buddy Vinny Oliva, longtime listener. Uh, he gifted me this bottle of Eagle Rare. And it's some great stuff. It's like 10-year, 10 10-year 10 Eagle Rare bourbon. Um, and it's tough to get, but would highly recommend. It's just, it's a great drink. So I'm on Eagle Rare.
1: I love that, man. And I wish I. So I'm actually getting my kitchen remodeled right now. And usually I could just you know, go to my, 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 uh, my, (laughs) my cabinet and grab my bottle. So I don't even know it's in a box somewhere. Um, but I have some really good Japanese whiskey. Oh, I know. Yeah. So off of that, um, I would recommend for anyone that's into sushi, go to a restaurant I mean, obviously, do your googling and stuff, and yeah. I, you know, depend on where you live. You know, if you're in the like, Midwest, I don't know where you're gonna get these. Fish don't from. do it. Just don't. <laughs> <laughs> but if you're on vacation in a place that's known for their fish, and there, there's a Japanese restaurant, I recommend getting an omakase. Oh yeah. And, and, and what that is is the chef's special, and usually they have uh the localized fish around that area. They'll prepare it specifically. In a, in a way that you're supposed to eat it. You don't add soy sauce, you don't add wasabi. They do all of that stuff for you. It is the, quite literally the best tasting thing if you're into fish. And I know a lot of people are, some people may not be you know, into the squeamish, uh, the the the, tex- the texture of sushi, but um, nigiri, when it's a nice filet with a little bit of better rice, with a little bit of a drizzle of something that the chef prepares it is immaculate. It's the best thing. Every time I'm having a good day, or like me and the wife are celebrating something. It's like yo, omakase. All right, let's do it, um, dude. You
0: don't have to sell. You don't have to sell sushi to an Asian guy over here. <laughs> <laughs> I'm in. I'm in, dude. And it's like it's just a great combo. It is. It is. Uh, it, like you know, it's nice. Watch like, it you-
1: down with a little sake. Like let's go.
0: And I think, you know what I, I like? I think the thing about sushi that's nice is like generally, especially if you're doing omakase, it's like each bite is like a different experience. Absolutely. You know? It's like you like there's not a lot of repetitiveness. Like each thing has like it's like whether you liked it, you didn't like it. It's like, oh, well, like I now I know or like I don't know, like whatever. But like generally you're going to like it. Um, But it's just it's such a curated experience that I think it's like it's a little bit different than most things. It's like a buffet, but like, very curated and like you don't leave feeling like
1: bloated as hell (laughs) no and that's huge about it right and you know i think it's a great it's a great point that you bring it up because like i you know prior to me my wife she's asian chinese and nice she she schooled me on food more than any person like i was never even eating like i was in like a i wasn't like a california roll guy but i was like a spicy tuna roll kind of Uh, you know i mean like basic
0: bitch super
1: basic (laughs) basic bitches shit um (laughs) So then, like when I started, like I went to Japan once, and I really got a, f- a feel for like, oh, this is what fish is supposed to taste like. And then ever yeah. since then, coming back to the states, being in the Bay Area, there's a lot of food. There's a lot of fish, spe- specifically. And um, dude, I just haven't looked back. And now I'm like obsessed. And like my family's looking at me like I'm crazy. Like, hell, you, what's you doing eating that raw fish? Like da da da. You ain't gonna cook that. Da-da. Like nah, man. Y'all just tripping. Y'all need to broaden your horizons a little bit. I'm telling you. Like, yeah, dude. You don't know what you're missing. It's it's too good. Too, like
0: man. let me tell you it's like i th- I would compare it to like when you're looking at like when you're looking at props.cash and like you're looking at the website you know most people like they're always looking at points sometimes yeah. you might dabble with rebounds let me tell you it's like i've been saying like you got to look at some turnover props and you know you look at that green and red chart on somebody's turnover props for the first time and let me tell you it's going to be like an omakase for your player prop betting so with that Thank you, Dan. It's been a pleasure having you on. Uh, Dan Titus, lead fantasy basketball analyst for Yahoo. Dan, what's your Twitter
1: handle so people know where to find you? Yeah, hit me up, Dan Titus, at Dan Titus. Um, yeah, I'll be pumping out a lot of content for Yahoo Fantasy Basketball. May see me do some podcasts on NBC Sports, too. And, uh, yeah, got some video stuff coming out, too. So uh, just continue to tap in with me, and uh, it's going to be a fun year. Great having you. Uh, great. Thank you for having me, Joe. And uh, we'll do this again sometime, man.
0: Yeah, man. Thank you. It was a pleasure having you Uh, guys get that omakase, get some bourbon and let's cash that.